Welcome, everybody, in the Movie Guys Verse. This is Jordan here, part of Movie Guys Podcast. We wanted to say thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode. If you don't know what Movie Guys Podcast is, we are a new movie review show that is updated weekly. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and also movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. I am Jordan, and I'm joined here, like always, with Eric and Ed. And tonight, we're talking about The Thing, the remake 1982 film directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell, the cult sci-fi horror classic. Uh, I don't have a pun for this one. I could, but Eric, how you doing? I mean, you don't really have to have a pun, right? But we could play off of it. Like, uh, don't trust Ed. Whatever you do, don't trust Ed. Because he just watched like, the movie, right? Yeah, he did. You literally made my blood, blood boil to it the is. point to where I then started to morph and explode. So I got to get this right off the bat. I just, I got to. So this is part one out of a two-part retrospective series here. We're doing The Thing and The Thing prequel, the 2011 Thing prequel to this movie, all leading up to our third year anniversary show. So that will just be in a few weeks. And we decided to do this because, well, I'll be honest, I decided to do this because during the winter months of December and January, there are two movies that I always watch, The Thing and The Shining. It's because they have snow in it. That's that simple. And uh, lame as shit. Lame as shit. I'm gonna cut you off right there because it's lame as shit. But you know what? Now that you say about the snow, I guess uh, it makes it makes kind of sense because you're snowed in. You know what? You should have led off with that, Jordan. I should have. I should have. I'm not thinking straight. I can get more beer in me than I'll think better. We had phone conversations about this debates. I know. Damn it. But anyway, I've known Ed here for a decade, and I just found out we met in college. We made films together. We talked about film theory together. That sounds really And bad. this is the first night that Ed has ever seen The Thing. And it's true. I've never seen The Thing before two hours ago. I and this exact moment. For those, for, for those listening, like, we, I guess we should have done something. something. We should have went live or something. Because, like, I'm sitting here and Jordan wanted to watch my, my reaction to the end, the, the last 12 minutes of the movie. Which is really the best part. Well, the whole the whole movie like this is coming from an age of of horror where CGI isn't isn't a thing. This is this is why I think this movie stands out so well is because you have the real shit, right? I mean, it's you have a polyester and puppets. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I didn't hear Frank Frank Oz's voice. You know, this is the this is the era. You got corn syrup and red dye. You know. Yeah. You got uh, uh, God's uh, doing syrup. weird shit with uh, uh, tentacles, you know. It you got everything. Well, okay, now I have a question to Ed here. Now, mm-hmm. Ed, you know that I love my horror films, and you know that I love my sci-fi films. And I first heard about the thing from my dad, of course, because I loved Alien, and my dad said, oh, you're going to love the thing. I mean, like, it just seems like, you know, somebody who likes Alien or sci-fi – 
somebody in their life would say, well, have you seen the thing? I'm just surprised that you've never seen or had an interest in seeing. Why didn't you have an interest in seeing this movie? Did you have any idea what it was about? I I mean, I've seen clips and bits and pieces, but I've never watched the movie from start to finish. Uh, this is literally the first time. I knew of some things that happened, and I knew that this movie had basically a lot of breakthroughs and special effects, you know, practical special effects. But I, I, it's when people ask me about it, it's just, it's actually, you know what, now that I think about it, nobody besides you within the last three months has ever said, have you ever seen the thing? So pretty much, you know who Rosebud is. You just haven't seen the movie. No, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen that movie. That, but anyway, I hope, but I, I get what you mean there, Drew. I, yeah. I, I, I will say, would you guys – I'll ask you a question. Would you consider this movie the thing? Would you consider it to be on the cult side? Um, it was until 2011. I actually pulled up some research here, and that's what I was going to get How into. How the hell is that a fact that you're going to pull up right now? Like, I, I, is got there a right committee here. that, that – go, go ahead. No, yeah, I just pulled it up. I, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to just pretty much give you the cliff note of it. Yeah. But in 1982, this movie opened up the same weekend as E.T., so this movie fucking tanked. Uh, well, that makes sense. Right, uh, correct. The movie, yeah, uh, the movie was made for fifteen million. It made nineteen million in North America, and that's it. Uh, that's still it's it's a positive, but still negative. Sure, this sure. actually led to John Carpenter's firing and his three uh, multi-picture deal with Universal Studios. This movie was critically panned, um, and then it just got this huge cult following on video. People started to talk about, it. "Hey, have you seen the thing?" So on, so forth, so on, so forth. And then in 2011, I'm actually going to bring the word up here for you. The word that they are saying here on Google is they're called a critical reassessment. And in 2011, I'm sorry, in 1992 is when they first called it that. And a reviewer named Peter Nichols in 1992 re-reviewed it and said, this movie is amazing. What's everybody talking about? Empire Magazine in 2008 released about this movie is amazing. And then finally in 2011, the movie is actually being considered for a Criterion release. Wow. So it got the uh, it got Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Well, well, good for them. And you know what? I, I guess I, I can't hate on it. This movie is very deserving of it, especially um, when it comes to, to scary. Like uh, sci-fi on its own and scary on its own. You know, <laughs> that's why I think I enjoy this so much. It, it obeys the laws and it's a smart movie, too. You know, it is a smart movie. Yeah, yes. these are these are smart dudes. All, you know, these are scientists. These are these are pilots. These are doctors. You know, uh, and they're they're smart dudes, and they know what the fuck is going on. And I, I just like the way that um, they follow the rules in this movie. You know, they don't nothing gets over exaggerated. They make fatal, they make tragic mistakes. You know, like that. The, obviously, scary movies need to have, but for the most part, it's uh, it's it's well put. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that before I get into my questions. Is it the wandering? It, it's always the wandering, isn't it? The no, dude, no, the dude no. Who's it's just like, dude, what's over in this corner? I'll go by myself. <laughs> Don't split <laughs> off. You know, you know that shit. <laughs> which which happens, no. what, like three times, in the, four times in this movie? I would argue that this is a very, very tight script. Um, one of the things that I studied in film school from script writing is actually Back to the Future, the first movie. That is what they taught me in film school as perfect screenwriting 101. You have a beginning, you set it up, 
you remind people in the B plot, which is the middle, and then you pay it off in the end. And it was a tight script. I think the thing is a pretty tight script. I mean, they introduce everything in the beginning. They remind us of the horrific stuff in the middle, and they pay it off in the end. I think this is a very tight script. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think everything on this is – I think this movie is pretty – actually, you know what? This movie is, is neck and neck with Alien as one of the perfect sci-fi horror films of all time. You're not, you're not going to be give me a little leeway on, on this movie, some of the kills, I mean, that are just set up like that. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I love the way that, that again, uh, the way the plot moves forward, the way that the characters are aware of what's going on and the way that they, uh, you know, like think like, okay, no, 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 logically let's think, well, Max badass, by the way, too. Like, yeah. And he, I mean, obviously with that beard and hair, um, I just want him to lead, you know, just tell me what to do, Mac, please. I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen. And that's why what's his name? The, the, the general is just like, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're in charge now. You're in charge. Now, Ed, do you know that this is a remake? I was going to ask you about that when you when you opened with it. I did not know that this was a remake. I did not. Yeah, the original movie um, was a 1951 horror film. It was very popular sci-fi film called The Thing from Another World. And it's pretty much Frankenstein's monster. The Thing doesn't have a body shape. I mean, it, 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 it's not this movie. Instead of this thing that... Uh, morphs into other people and everything. It's just a giant Frankenstein monster that's terrorizing a group of guys on a on a Antarctica snow base. Okay. Uh, I, get, I mean, I get it. I, I get it. However, though, this movie, the remake, is actually very faithful to the original novella. Okay. So just kind of give you an idea. So, okay, Eric, I got to ask Ed. I don't want to get a popcorn rating, but... Were you surprised? Did you find yourself liking this movie? Before we get into the kills and the special effects, did you like this movie? Oh, you know, I, I really, really, really found myself digging the movie. Um, you know, I, when you say true to the script and, you know, certain things, I mean, or excuse me, true to the, true to the original story, I, I, I'm just going to have to say that I, I'm just going to have to say, okay, I, I would have no knowledge of that. Of movies from this era, I can tell you that it probably felt the tightest that I've seen in a long time. I like being, the way you said that. I really did. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of those movies were very, and you even said very cut and dry, like, here's what, tell, I'm tell you what I'm going to tell you, tell you what I told, tell you, and then tell you what I told you. Like, movies from the 80s, especially the early, early 80s horror genre, were very, like, this is it, cut and paste, just change the monster. Oh, it's because they're looking movie, for the graphics. That, that's what everyone wanted. That's what people went to go see. You know, that's, yeah. For, for the this, most part, that's what they wanted. Yeah, this one, I don't want to say that it tricked me, but, like, they're, they're, they, let you, they let you wander and let, you, let your mind wander into thinking who is infected, who is the, the, the replica. Right? They, they leave it, things open. They don't tell you. Yeah, they don't. They they want your mind to think about it, which is really fucking smart, you know. And I I, I don't know that I could write a script that would lead me to want to try to to pick and choose who's who. And you know, when they when they you get the the, the random jump towards the end when they're doing the blood check, and it's the random dude with the with the with the fro, the well, white guy with the I fro. I think he was the first one to be in, in, in fact. Sorry for everyone. These are these are where the spoilers are kicking in. 
I guess, is where we're going to start yeah. talking. Because this is where theories come in of, of mm-hmm. guessing and checking. Well, I'm going to assume 1982 that everyone aside from Ed had seen this yeah. before. <laughs> but if you had not, then please uh, watch it. It's, it's, very, it's very worth it. But uh, I think the first human kill that we kind of see off – it's off-camera kills. Remember when the dog uh, – so uh, Mac and them, Kurt Russell and them, were going to go to the, the other base camp. And, mm-hmm. and just do awesome things. And the dog was at, at the base, and the dog was started, started doing the lone wolf thing, and then went into the room, and I think that was that was our first victim. I think that's was Fro, dude. I think that's uh, uh, ah. what ah. our first yeah, they don't tell you They don't tell you who it is, but it, maybe it was him. I bet you it was. That's a, that's a good thought. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think. So, yeah, but either way, in that first scene, it, you don't know who it is. So mm-hmm. my guess is just as good as anybody else's right now. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. So I know when I first saw this movie, I got, and I'm not bullshitting, I got physically ill uh, because I watched this at probably 10 or 11 years old, and I didn't know I was getting myself into. My dad showed me the movie, and Eric, I already know that you're going to probably agree with me on this, so that's why I want to hear what Ed has to say about it too. Uh, when the dog is finally in the kennel and it starts to multiply with the other dogs, what did you did you go? What the fuck is this? Oh yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I I thought I got yeah. of this movie, and uh, I must have been like a junior high, and it was like one of those like, well, yeah, what the fuck is this? What the hell is going on, man? Like, and then it just gets even better because I mean, you think. Uh, that that's the most fucked up scene in this movie. I mean, that you have that. Oh man, just so many so many good parts. I don't want to have to go into it, right? I mean, the, but the head, the spider head, mm-hmm. the spider head's ridiculous. And and the spider thing is the most consistent thing about the thing. You know, like yeah. it, for whatever reason, it always has sprouted like the little legs, the little crab legs. Yeah, gets away quick. Yeah. So Ed, so Ed, what do you think of when the thing first showed up and it starts to infect the dogs and that monster? What do you think of that? Um, well, I feel like it it was a contradiction to what they later said, uh, which was it needs to be alone by itself in a room with something or someone in order to consume it, and it it's in a but it wouldn't know the difference between a human and a dog, right? Yeah, I mean theoretically it's speaking. Living. It just needs living. Yeah, it, yeah, it needs a host. Body. Yeah, it wouldn't know the difference between a human and a dog. And there's uh, three, four, five, six dogs in that kennel, however many. So like that, con- that's it's a later contradiction. Uh, but yeah, I mean to say that it was, yeah, I mean it was like it was literally like what the fuck is going on? And the effects, you know, I hate to keep going back to this, but the effect. That's like, why I want to know what you thought of the effect. Yeah, the effect was fantastic. I mean. You know, you don't get, like, the corniness of Raiders of the Lost Ark with all the, the Nazis' faces melting, which was a great effect, but it was corny. You know, this was like, you're sitting there watching this thing just rip itself apart. The dog's skull falls off. It turns into, you know, like, this, this Venus flytrap-looking thing. Or what's the, the thing that, Stranger Things? That yeah, the yeah, the, the Demogorgon, uh, whatever, the Demogorgon or wherever the hell. And yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Maybe that's where they got some of the some of the, the, well, the, 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 the that 80s nostalgia type of thing, you know? I guess, I guess. So yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I thought they did a great job. 
you know, it shows early that it tries to attach itself to one of the other dogs, which why it would try to attach itself to another dog is beyond me. Like, why would it pick the next host that's, like, more evolved? I don't know. But but still, that was a cool moment. Yeah, I really liked that. My favorite effect in the whole movie was uh, when uh, the bigger guy was on the table and his stomach turned into a mouth and bit the guy's hands off. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was yeah. great. That's that was really good. Easily best part of that fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. or, uh, or at least best kill, I should say. That was the most. That was one of the big surprise kills too. No, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, that no, was no. the biggest yeah. surprise kill. Mm-hmm. That was the surprise kill, Eric. The famous scene in the movie is when Kurt Russell does one thing that not a lot of people do in movies nowadays. They get smart and go, "Okay, something's going on. I'm going to tie everybody to a chair, prove to everybody that I'm not infected, and we're going to find out who's fucking infected." And what's yeah. great about that scene is that why why I think this scene made the movie, and I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, uh, it, how, how can I say this the best way? The scene drags on to the point where it's like, is something going to happen or something not going to happen? He John Carpenter made that choice to do that because you know when they started that scene, something was going to happen. It was a slow fucking burn. Oh, yeah. And, just made you sit at the edge of your seat going, who is it? Who is it? Oh, my God. Nope, nope, nope. And then out of nowhere, it's just crazy. They they explain the thing, the, I guess the alien, very well. That uh, At least they get smart really quick, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Where they use the logic, okay, this works, this doesn't, and uh, you know we should do more of this and less of this. So logic comes into play, and that really is something you don't see because how many times are you watching a scary movie and, you know, you slap your, your hand to the head and just go, hey, wait, you know, dingus over there, how about you just do uh, do this over there then? And don't, don't go hiding into a, into a garage filled with chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, this movie uh, definitely doesn't insult the audience. I really enjoyed that about this. And that was a very high-tension building moment too. But anyway, yeah, uh, just Max's way of, of knowing how it reacts. Know that it's like hyper defensive. You know that it, it can play the part when when it has a host, but when it's on its own, on its molecular level, that it's it's ride or die. You know what I mean? It's it, it'll defend itself if if, if provoked. And I think and, that was just a really cool effect. And yeah, and I 100% agree with what you're saying about how like the guy works. You know, Kurt Russell works through the logic himself. He you're told several times that it's the blood. You have to test the blood. And it, and it, and when later on, when he's like, I don't have a doctor or nobody scientific related to do this, I know something's related to blood, but here's what I know about about viruses, kind of, sort of, because I'm, I'm a chess guy, like I'm making chess moves, right? It's yeah. your blood, you know, to man, blood is just tissue. It means nothing once it leaves your body. But to the, to the thing, it wouldn't know what it is. It would be part of it. So let's burn the blood that we're testing, and it will – it's going to try to defend itself like that. That that's that's like he's obviously not a doctor, not as smart as a doctor. And a lot of movies basically try to insult the audience by saying, "Well, obviously everybody can fucking do this when you see the the doctor doing that." Like if I was Kurt Russell and not a doctor, just like a military dude, I would not know how to do blood tests. So this is what I would know how to do. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I think I think one of the most uh, heartbreaking and scary scenes in the movie is when uh, forgive me I don't know all the characters' names but uh, is when the guy is running outside and they finally catch up with him and he's turning into the thing or he's like half thing 
half guy and he makes that weird noise with his mouth open and his yeah, arms hands cut off. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking brutal. Uh, there is one thing different in the novella that I wanted to tell you guys because I did uh, actually get a chance to read this this week online here, and I think it's a smart idea as well. I don't know why they didn't do it in this movie, but in the novella, they did not. Uh, they were noticing that it was turning to be bird um, migration season at this time or something like that, and they were trying to avoid the thing attaching itself to a bird because they said if this thing attaches itself to a bird, it will be global. Yeah. And that was a nice little, like, oh, my God, here comes the birds. Like, what do we do? You know what I mean kind of thing. I really, really dug that in reading it. I kind of wish they did something like that in this movie. Do you guys agree with that? Well, they kind of did. Kinda the, did. Computer, yeah. Yeah. the computer said that they, they had that be told from the computer projection. Or even at, at the end when uh, uh, when they were blowing up the base and Mac was just like, listen, we're, we're going to die here. Like he's he's accepting it. He he knows it. He knows mm-hmm. what they're dealing with. We're not getting off of this. We're not getting out of this base. We're dying here, guys. Like that's yeah. When, that's when he says happening. to to what's his name, uh, Cribs or whatever, Charles, uh, Keith David, Keith David, Keith David, yeah, Keith so motherfucking got, David. We're gonna talk about Keith David last, but there is there's two more things I want to say. Uh, the ending monster. Now that is not the thing's true form. It's the big guy, right? Yeah, we do not know, and I have not seen anything in the prequel that shows or tells us that we're going to review next week what the thing's true form actually is. Now, Ed had a great idea that it could be something uh, arachnid because of the spider legs coming out once in a while, but there is no true form, so that could be interesting to see in next week's review. But that big monster at the end, Ed, how'd you feel about that monster? The effect, the everything. It was awesome. I mean, it was a combination of all the things the thing had been in the movie. Right. It was. It was two dogs. It was two people. Right. Like it was. It was. And it was everything the thing had been combined. It's like the mega boss. Yeah. Nice. A nice when little you, stew there. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like you know when you when you played video games in like the nineties and they they built up to the big pads. Like you a, know what I mean? Like Akira. Yeah, it was. It was like you had to learn how to, to beat this guy because the big bad has this problem. Then you had to learn how to do this, and like five or six different bad guys. And then all of a sudden, here's the big bad. you got to fight him, and he's got all the things that the other bad guys have had. So, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Like Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 1. Yes! Just like it. So there is – this is the end here with my question and also your theories. So, there was tons of movie theories going around. There are tons of movie conspiracy theories for all different kinds of movies. But, Ed and Eric, do you know that there's a conspiracy movie theory that has not been debunked yet at the end of this movie? You guys have any idea what this theory is? Is it that uh, Keith David is is assimilated? That is the thing. So, what what Eric is saying, Ed, is Childs, the black guy Mm -hmm. in the movie, right? There is a like fan. Keith David, man, we all know Keith David. Yeah, just, yeah, Keith David. There is a theory. If you go back after this review, Ed, and watch the movie, you will see Kurt. Uh, you will see um, Kurt uh, Russell, and how he is uh, shivering, and you can see his breath. Okay. You don't see Childs' breath because he's not breathing. Because that was the other guy. The guy, like the the reason they found out the guy. 
who ate, whose stomach ate the doctor. Yeah. He wasn't breathing. No, I'm not saying about Childs. Keith no, I get, I get you. I get yeah. exactly what you're saying. There's no breath coming out. I, and I, people don't know why. So people are speculating that Childs turns into the thing and kills Kurt Douglas. Do you agree with this theory, guys, or do you disagree with this theory? I mean, I don't know that I agree or disagree with it. It had a valid, like you, it, it has a valid point from what you from what you're telling. What about I, you, Eric? I was more hoping that Mac is smart enough to to maybe notice that detail as well, because he was letting he was like he was like a choo choo train at the end there, man. I know, right? You like the Yeah, good. I mean, he was he was like me on a Saturday night, if you know what I mean. Nice. <laughs> well, we all that smoke. Well, we do know what happens to Kurt Douglas because there is a very eh, mediocre video game for the Xbox and PlayStation 2 that came out in the 2000s called The Thing as well. I had it. It was a, it was a Walmart special. Yes, I had the game too. I played the game, and the game is an exact sequel to this movie, and there is a team of Marines a la Alien that go to the Antarctica station there, and you find Kurt Douglas's body ripped to shreds, but no childs. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And then you just fight thousands of little... Because you're like, how the hell can you make a thing video game? Well, your main enemies are the little spider heads in a way. There's like thousands oh of little yeah, spider heads. a bunch of little spider heads. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into our popcorn rating here. I'm interested to see what Ed has to say. So Ed, we always go with you first. Ed. What is going to be your popcorn rating for The Thing, 1982? Uh, you know what? Seriously, this movie really holds up really well. Um, I don't know if your average moviegoer would care about this movie today, but for guys like us, you know, the movie guys, you know, I'm giving this – and this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. So I'm giving this movie a large bag of popcorn. That was hey. good. Good choice. I'm giving, yeah, I'm giving it a large bag. Are you interested, Ed, to see the prequel? Because we do know, because I want to make this very clear to the fans here, none of us has seen the prequel. And we do know that the prequel ends shot for shot where this movie begins with them chasing the dog in the helicopter. Are you interested, Ed, in to see the prequel? No. I mean, Seriously. No, I, honestly, no, I'm, it, no, and I'm telling you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just being completely blunt and completely upfront about please, this. Please elaborate. I'm, I'm not. I, this movie makes, and I said this, makes your mind wander, right? It makes me think, like, it makes me think what happened to the other base. But I don't want to know what happened to the other base. I want to think that I know what happened on the other base. Yeah, you, you know just as much as they do. Right. I, I, I want to say that the sequel or the, the, the prequel movie is literally going to be the exact same movie I just watched, but dumbed down. I'm actually really excited to see the double-headed person fusion. Yeah. That happens. yeah. I'm curious to see how that happens in this prequel. Well, it's, I hope they don't make it cheesy because I have a feeling they're going to make that cheesy. That, that's going to be a CGI, I, I, I would imagine. When did the show all you said it's 2011, right? 2011, so it's probably going to be all CG. Eric, what is going to be your popcorn rating for The Thing 1982? Oh, this is a large bag of popcorn with some butter. Are you kidding me? Like, this, is a, this, is a, this is one of the, the best whodunits 
you know, like it, on a sci-fi oh. level, and it, I, I just like the way that everything is is explained. Uh, that again, they don't need to hold your hand on explaining uh, the situation or of what's happening next. You're you are the thirteenth member in that base. You know, you're you're just kind of you're there along, you're riding along with it. I, I that's a an experience that I like so much, and that's what we get out of like the new Halloween movie. We kind of get that with 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 that with this one too. You're you're kind of just yep. a voyeur. You're just you're. You're watching it, you know. You're coming right, right along with them, and I, that's what um, I, I like about John Carpenter's style. Uh, he, he knows how to he knows how to do a movie, and that I like this movie. Well, uh, for me, I'll make it short and sweet. Of course, it's a large bag. Um, my top three sci-fi horror films, or just sci-fi films in general, will be uh, Alien, The Thing, and Blade Runner. And uh, this movie kind of fits in those in those two other worlds in my mind. Uh, there is a fan theory about that too. Uh, but another thing we don't talk about much is the special effects. Now, this special effects artist made this when he was 23 years old. He's a protege of Rick Baker, who is horrors uh, Stan Winston essentially. And this guy is great. We never talked about him in our review here, but really check out his work because we've seen all of his work. He has done he has done seven. He has done RoboCop. He's done The Howling. He's done The Fog. This guy's a badass. And he had a budget of $1.5 million to do these effects out of a $15 million budget. Well, he fucking crushed it. I think we all, we mm -hmm. were talking about that, obviously. Like every single part of it, man. The, uh, uh, yeah, the, the head being separated from the body, uh, the spider head. I mean, all of it has just been like, what a, what a fucking imagination, dude. And if you want to check out his work, check out a werewolf movie, everybody, called The Howling. That movie is kind of like... It's howl? It, no, The Howling. The what Howling. Is it? Is it, it's, it? Called, it's called The Howling. Okay. Um, and it has seven sequels. They're all terrible, but the first movie. <laughs> and he made that before this. That movie is popular because that is Freddy Cougar to the night uh, to a uh, to American Werewolf in London's Jason in a way kind of because they both have they both came out at the same time and they both have a famous werewolf transformation scene. Now we all know American Werewolf in London's transformation scene, but the guy who did the effects for this movie did a werewolf transformation scene in that movie, and it was gorgeous. So in the, in make the Howling. Yep, in the Howling. Oh, I this movie. This is with, um, who's this? What's her name? D. Wallace, huh? Yeah, D. Wallace was in it. It's a weird little movie, um, but check it out. It's definitely something fun to see if you're interested in this, in this, uh, special effects artist work. Great work that he's done. So, everybody out in the movie guys verse, we really hope everybody appreciates this episode of The Thing. This is part one out of part two of our Thing retrospective series. Next week, we'll be coming back for the Thing prequel, which none of us have seen. So we're excited to see where this is going from. I know Ed's not, but I'm kind of excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, and also, in just two weeks, we got our third year anniversary show here, Movie Guys Podcast. And there is the polls are now open still until December 15th. Go to MovieGuysPodcast.com and movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, and you, the fans, can cash your vote in as many times as you want to the movies that we reviewed this year on the best films, the worst films, the best actor, the best actress, your best superhero film. Your voice 
and your opinion will be heard. We will n- announce the winners and the results of that poll during that third anniversary show. You can download this episode and many others on, like I said before, movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can download this episode on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Just search Movie Guys Podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Search Movie Guys Podcast or on Twitter, Movie Guys Pod. Ed, Eric, thanks so much for downloading me in this, this episode. We'll talk to everybody next week for the Thing prequel. Have a good night. Movie Guys Verse, thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can find other episodes as well at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. On iTunes, search Movie Guys Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Guys Pod. On Facebook, Movie Guys Podcast. And also, check out other shows within our Be Real Network. Such as For Your Distraction, Podcast, Underground Hot Pot, and Hey, I Like That Game. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. And tune every week to check out a new episode. Have a good night.